What is up, my listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, we are joined by Mr. Andrew Mills of Honey Hole Game Calls. We got some turkey talk in store for you here this week, and I suggest you head over to Honey Hole Game Calls and get yourself some calls for this coming turkey season. Take a walk with Andrew and I as we get up and down the mountains of Pennsylvania looking for these birds. Andrew is a very well-accomplished turkey hunter, and it shows. He's also a family man with great values, and we really get down to talking with some opinions, turkey talk, and some thoughts on the upcoming season here in Pennsylvania. Not only Pennsylvania to mention that he likes to travel to kill these birds. So, if you're a freak fanatic and looking for somebody who's as crazy as you are for these birds... I think you'll enjoy this episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or reach out to Andrew over at Honey Hole Game Calls. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With me today, I'm joined by Mr. Andrew Mills of Honey Hole Game Calls. Andrew, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really excited for this conversation. I know we were talking a little bit before we come on. Um, I told you I don't want to get to know you too much. Uh, what I end up doing sometimes is talking too much before the show, and I'm like, oh, you know, we already talked about that. It's a really bad <laughs> habit, but um, I'm, I'm happy to have you on, man. Uh, I haven't done a turkey episode in a while here, so I'm super excited about that. And like I said, I was scouring the social media looking through this crystal ball here and I I just can't help but notice that you have a knack for killing birds and uh, you must know how they talk because you also have honey hole game calls so with that introduction what I'd like to do is I'd like for you to introduce yourself and then just give us a little profile who you are where you grew up where you're from um, maybe what you do and uh, just let's see who kind of steered you towards the outdoors well, my name's Andrew Mills. I grew up here in Clearfield County and uh, still reside about five miles away from where I grew up. Uh, I'm, in my, I'm in my mid-30s, uh, wife and three daughters, and I'm a Pennsylvania State Trooper, and I own a little, uh, I'm a co-owner of a turkey call company and just a turkey fanatic. Yeah. And that basically can sum up my... Uh, whole life right there yeah i and and i understand man you know i know a lot of guys that get consumed by turkey hunting just as much as i get consumed from the deer hunting and um i know you're one of them guys so how how do we start this path man you know you growing up was uh was was uh dad pap mom uh grandma who was involved in uh in, in the in the upbringing for the outdoor side it was my dad uh I still am fortunate enough to hunt with him to still to this day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it all started with deer hunting. Well, actually he would take me uh, small game hunting back then. You had to be 12 years of age to have a hunting license. Yeah. And, uh, so he would take me out even prior to turning 12 and take me with him, And I'd just get to watch him hunt. And as soon as, uh, I was of age to, get a license I, we just kept kept doing it and taught me a lot how to how to maneuver through the woods how taught me a, a lot about uh 
animals and and tactics and mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, I'm I'm still fortunate enough and enjoy every second of hunting with them today. Yeah, I I am in the same boat, brother. I I'm still fortunate enough to get to hunt with my dad um, and my pap, uh, which is wonderful. And um, like I said, and and I talk about in a lot of episodes, you know, here in Pennsylvania, we're we are really blessed because it's hard to go down the road and not talk to somebody who wasn't introduced to the outdoors in some form or way, whether they still practice um, any outdoorsmanship or anything, or you know, hunt or fish in any way. Uh, it, it's it's almost like it's hard to find people that weren't introduced. Like, hey, try this out. Um, and and with that, you know, that helps guys like yourself and me with these small business ventures and stuff because there's there's just lots of business to go around for all of us for um, <laughs> anything hunting related or anything fishing related or outdoors related um, for that fact. But um, so you guys uh, started hunting. You know, well, you're 12 years old. Why don't you take me down the road of your first bird? Uh, first bird was actually in the fall, and it was the first year I was hunting. We were squirrel hunting and uh, just happened into a uh, stray um, Jake at that time. And and uh, my dad called it in for me, and I still remember I was using a uh, twenty two and, and uh, came in probably – it felt like it was a hundred yards, but it was probably about 20 or 30 and <laughs> got lucky enough to put a good shot on it. And I can remember that it ran down through the woods and, and, uh, we had, a, we had to look for it for a little bit, but eventually it started flap flopping around and, uh, wings were beating on the ground. So we, we did locate it, but it, that, that's kind of what hooked me to turkey hunting. I, I would say it, in my earlier years, I was, more of a deer hunter but my first spring gobbler i actually my first long beard uh, i had killed some jakes through uh, my earlier years was probably my first long beard was probably when i was about a senior in high school and it's probably still the biggest gobbler that i've uh killed to date and uh, it was i was i had been hunting this uh flock of gobblers and hens and had a couple close run-ins with them but I was fortunate enough that morning to be with my dad and I actually spooked there's two gobblers running together and one came up over the the hill first and I made a move to try to swing on him and he took off running <laughs> but he didn't make any noise it didn't putter anything right and the other one came Oh, not long after here, I thought it was all done and over with and kind of in disbelief that it was, I came to, so this one came strutting up over the hill and, and may, I, I still was in position to shoot, but just kind of beside myself and <laughs> I just put a good shot on it and it probably had, oh, I don't know, inch and three ace hooks and Dang. I don't remember, I don't really measure them, but it, right. everyone's special to me and uh, but that one in particular, cause my dad was there with me and we were, he was more excited than I was, I think. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, right. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure you understand that now because you know, you're a busy man. You, you say you got three daughters, man. God bless you. Yeah. And, uh, they all hunt. They, mm-hmm. all three of them killed gobblers last year with Dang, me. What a year. So, yeah. It was fantastic. Um, and challenging and, 
and I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Just <laughs> more so than me going by myself uh, yeah. or with uh, every uh, hunt with them is just really special. It's, it's uh, just cutting it up with them and having a good time. And then it's more about just spending time with them. But it, if they uh, get into a gobbler or we come close or, we're fortunate enough to get one. It just makes it that much more special. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. It's all about that time spent together, but it is really wild, like how it changes, you know, to where you no longer want to um, get the betterment of, of things for yourself. And it becomes everything that you can give <laughs> from yeah. from there out. Um, I, I totally understand that, man. And it, it's awesome and hats off to you for for raising the next generation like that you know it's it's really hard out there and i'm sure you know better than anyone you know we have to stick together in this game because it's just like hunting's constantly attacked and i mean i'll be the first one to tell you that most people whether the hunting's going to be legal or not in the future doesn't really matter to a lot of guys i don't think and i don't want to talk like we're doing this illegal thing or anything i'm just saying you know um we will not be infringed upon it if you get what i'm saying yes um, but yeah. yeah man that that is wonderful that that you were able to get all three of them birds and then how did dad make out last year i actually uh i i got two here in pennsylvania and then i did some traveling to other states and uh i, I took down a total of seven gobblers last year throughout my traveling i made it to i think it was five states total i came up empty in the one state uh had a really close call and it's one of the more difficult states to to hunt on public and i um just can't had about a 60 yard interaction with one that i couldn't get any closer wow yeah that's... but uh yeah I, it was i had a fantastic season and my my dad i was with him uh during one of his uh, um, successful hunts. They're all successful, but I mean harvesting-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, I got you. And uh, I was with my brother for whenever he um, got his gobbler. So I was I was part of a, quite a few good hunts and many more with uh, my two buddies and or my two buddies that I have the company with, I should say, and mm -hmm. then a couple other buddies along the way. So we, I, I had a lot of great hunts this past year and I don't know if you can really top it as far as killing Turkey wise. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to give it a run again. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that is wonderful to hear. And I'm glad that guys like you were able to travel around and be as successful as that for four birds. So what's your season look like, man? Um, you know, vacation time wise, it sounds like that's where it's going to be all spent, right? Yeah, majority of my vacation, uh, which my wife's not thrilled about, <laughs> goes to uh, spring gobbler hunting. I, it's my passion. I uh -huh. obviously I save time uh, to be with them, and and we take vacations and stuff. But right. for myself, majority of my days off, I save if I work holidays or, mm -hmm. and I usually take some vacation time to travel around or make a couple trips during the spring and then obviously i try to finagle my uh schedule as much as possible so i can get as spend as many mornings hunting before work yeah 
Yeah, that's that's nice to be able to trade, uh, you know, some extra hours, whether it's overtime, holidays, or whatever, for some uh, for some PTO time. Um, Definitely. So, Definitely. Well, what are you thinking for this year, man? Uh, has has the weather been, you know, as good as you think it should be? You think that the birds are going to be plentiful this year? Do you think that they're going to take a a wipe in here uh, with a wet season? Or, well. I think I'm in disbelief because it kind of feels like spring on certain days all through February. <laughs> it does, man. And I think we're just, I'm just waiting for the snow to come and mm-hmm. come end of March and beginning of April, but I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, as far as bird population, I've been seeing a healthy amount mm-hmm. in my area, uh, in areas that I hunt. And I see a lot of recognition uh, as far as, people are recognizing that turkey population is on the decline yeah. uh, yep. throughout the nation. I mean, we're, I think we're pretty fortunate here. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say, say that I haven't noticed, but I think, I think as far as turkey population, we're doing, we're holding our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, uh, I think it could be a lot better. So I started taking steps toward that, towards that this year and, started doing a little bit of trapping and uh, trying to just get the nest raiders uh, and helping out the turkey in that way mm-hmm. and in ways that I can. Yeah. I, I know exactly what, you know, the route you're talking about. Um, do you now at, at home here in Pennsylvania, do you hunt your own property or is uh, you a public land kind of guy permission? Where, where do you usually uh, go? A little combination of both. Okay. Uh, I don't have any, land uh i'm part of a lease with a hunt through a hunt club Mm -hmm. and uh i also hunt some public and then i have permission i know i grew up here so i I know landowners and typically a lot of them don't don't uh, mind me it's going on their property and i'll tell you what having three daughters if i get out of the truck with one of them it's pretty hard to say no to them <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right man. i get that i get that no I, it, i'm fortunate i have a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of options but and there's a lot of there's a lot of public around us but yeah it's it's not the easiest to hunt it's it, as far as mountains go in pennsylvania mm-hmm. it's it's mountainous area yeah. and uh definitely not the easiest yeah well you know i know the i know the location that you're in and it's very similar to the location i'm in so yeah we have um a hell of a terrain you know compared to some other places where you know maybe flatter maybe even some of the other states you're traveling to for birds where it might be a little bit flatter um is that something that you look for when you're hunting birds are you looking for terrain features i typically I look for like areas where I can hear far, mm-hmm. um, peaks, ridges. I like to walk them. Uh, I like the, I'm trying to think of the word, but in between woods and fields, like mm-hmm. a mixture of both, uh, transition areas, mm-hmm. some edge. Um, yeah. I, I, I concentrate on those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to, it seems to work out that I, I try to, if I'm not unfamiliar with an area, I, I definitely try to get to a high point and e-scout as much as possible. I mean, that's the huge advantage 
now compared to whenever me and my buddies started uh, traveling, whenever we'd be looking at a topo map and, you know, just kind of had to put the legwork in and, and uh, now we have these features with the access right to your phone, which is, it's a great resource, yeah. but sometimes I wish it would almost go back to <laughs> the old days where yeah. it wasn't as easy for <laughs> some people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, I think if you do your scouting as much as you can on online and put feet on the ground and you're determined to cover as much ground as possible. Um, I think, I think you stand a pretty good chance of running into something. Uh, with that said, covering ground, I would say I, I, I'm, I cover ground, but I'm kind of a, a patient walker. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to boost anything out. Um, I'm very, I try to hone in on my surroundings and, and listening for, uh, even scratching in the leaves or or anything like uh, sign as far as uh, turkey scratching or turkey uh, scat. So there's a lot that goes into it. Paying attention to your surroundings and moving and and listening, it all plays into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, especially when you're moving, it's one thing to be able to sneak up on some different game. But, you know, as far as turkeys go, that time of the year when they're in season, I feel like it's really when it's hardest, too, because I know out of season, it's like, hey, why aren't these turkeys running? They don't see me. I see them perfectly. You know, during season, it's like I moved in, you know, a, a quarter of an inch and bang, they're gone. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, they are. They are a weary animal and with great eyesight and great hearing. And, yeah, sometimes you get the the one that's just seems like he's just charging in ready to <laughs> ready to die but yeah um <laughs> those are the they, ones that i those are the out. ones i'm able to kill the dumb ones <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know about that <laughs> I, I you, you can easily get humbled um when i hear people and I, don't get me wrong i i enjoy cutting up a conversation with anybody mm-hmm. yeah, but when i hear some people say that they can basically go out and kill them anytime they want it's i'm thinking man i want to hunt with you because <laughs> i'm sure as i can't do that all the time <laughs> yeah man well plus if you could actually do that you know i don't see any fun in that you know exactly i mean exactly. that's the challenge that we like as hunters that's why we come back for more and more and more you're exactly right um so do you um you know you, you jump out of the truck in the morning um you're gonna hit a locator call is that usually what your, your go-to or um did you roost them the night before what's usually your game plan so I would say more often than not, I don't even pull any locators out. Mm-hmm. If I do, I, I, it's typically an owl hoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just do that with my own natural voice. Uh, I do try to roost birds, especially when I'm out of state. And uh, just I'm not familiar with the area. Put it Obviously, I'm traveling. I wanna, I'm out there to hopefully have an interaction with a gobbler. So I'm going to take every, you know, every means possible to try to make that happen. For sure. But um, at home, I get out if I can. Uh, I try in the evenings here to take my daughters with me. But it seems like, excuse me, it seems like right now it's, uh, 
I'm getting to an age. My daughters are 10, eight, six, and they're getting involved in activities and softball. So I'm thankful to spend a few hours in the woods in the morning and typically around home. It's, um, I, I tend to know where gobblers are just because I, I grew up here. Right. Right. Uh, but on the road, yeah, I'm out in the woods. I'm trying to roost a golfer. I'm, I'm using whatever means necessary as far as, uh, locator calls or covering ground, looking, just scouting. But in the mornings, I'm typically finding a, I'm going to a high point or I'm going to an area where I think that there's going to be a gobbler and I just wait and listen. And more often than not, if I'm not hearing anything, I couldn't tell you how many things where, I, if I don't hear anything on the roost, that doesn't mean they're not there. So I actually was in the state last year and never heard a gobbler. It was kind of a miserable morning. It was, it's had snowed. It was below freezing. It, um, and, uh, I was getting ready to start moving, but I let out a few light hen yelps and sure enough, one gobbled like 150 yards from me and my buddy which ultimately uh, came in, so, and we got them. But mm-hmm. it, it typically, I, I let them do their thing. I, I try to let them, I, I try to judge them of what their attitude is and, and go from there. And last resort, then I'll try to crow call or, or something before moving. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're very smart birds, and I think they're very underrated for what, what they are, you know, I mean. They are a bird, and there aren't that many birds that are too smart, but uh, they figure stuff out. They really do. Um, yeah, and every scenario is different. It's, I mean, that's just a, like I said, I keep using the word typical, but there's different circumstances for, you know, every situation, but more often than not, that's that's my approach. Yeah. Well, you, you know, when you talk about different situations, you've got your birds that have been pressured already, maybe birds that have been shot at, you know, um, birds yeah, that have as, seen a thing or two as the season goes on the less i call mm-hmm. uh and I'm, i do more contentment calls than anything as far as purring and scratching in the leaves and and uh light yelps and feeding calls and and different things just because they have been they have been pressured they have been shot at and and they might be uh you know hemmed up yeah. uh, try to get those the hens maybe to work towards me or feed towards me. So I do, I do, uh, typically start, uh, call a little bit less as, as the year goes on. Now, and, I, I know, okay. I know that you're saying, um, like you'll, you'll call a little bit less and Turkey, uh, can be a big game of patience. You know, uh, a lot of the times when I've seen birds and they're not calling back, you know, it's, it's first thing in the morning, they'll call back and then, <clears throat> you know, everything goes quiet. And it, it is crazy how well they can locate where that call come from because, you know, you're talking about a bird that may have been a mile away from you. and it's a, Yeah, it's amazing. They're going to come right to that tree or that area. Yeah, they, they can pinpoint you within feet. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, very, they're very good at that. Um, I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish we could we could flip the script on them, but um, unfortunately, we're not that ultimate of a predator. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't tell you how many times I thought one was uh, 
far away and <laughs> next thing i know i take 10 steps and yeah i busted it or something similar to that yeah well how long do you usually hang out after you call so say you 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 know uh you found a good spot you thought they were going to break this ridge right um and uh, you sit down you call and you you get a call back and then it you know it goes quiet uh how long do you usually hang out until you say hey i'm gonna make a move and i know all scenarios are different i'm just looking for generalizations sure um i've learned over the years to be a more patient hunter just because of my own uh, mistakes Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we uh we as hunters get a little bit too aggressive and i'll give it time Uh, young me would have said let's go you know move in on it or try to make a move right running gun. the older i'm (laughs) the older i'm getting i'm realizing that there's a good chance that gobbler's coming yeah or i've had gobblers take hours to work their way in yeah Um, i don't know like you said every scenario is different but i i give it a i give it a little bit i half an hour if i don't hear if i don't hear something after a half an hour do a little bit more calling uh mm-hmm. maybe try to ease into another position or back out and call from another area uh d- depending on terrain if you can use your the, the terrain to your advantage where maybe there's a uh a, a ditch or something that you could get a better uh that you could crawl down into and get a better advantage point to get eyes on them or make another call from mm-hmm. yeah it, it's uh it's it's a game and uh their their stakes are a lot higher than ours that's yeah, for sure there's no doubt about it man um now i do have uh this is an interesting question for me at least um have you ever uh noticed a difference in, in like your setups or wherever you are when you're calling birds to you where the birds either want to come uh, let's say bilateral on a hill, up a hill, or down a hill. I typically, I, I've, I've seen it each way. I, um, I typically try to be above the bird, mm-hmm. above the gobbler, uh, or on the same level surface or same, same area. Um, I've called them downhill. They, I think they. I don't think they prefer to come downhill, but, uh, my setups, I typically try to get as close as I can comfortably. And, uh, like I said, above them, if I can. And it, it seems like they, I don't know. I can't say one way or the other, if they come in from the side or directly at me, I mean, I've had it I think they try to take an advantage point coming into you. Yeah. Uh, t- a lot of times all I'll see is maybe just the, the top of their head and they're, you know, they, they took their little peak and they're going to stay down over that hill and, mm-hmm. and work that work the hill below you and then circle around. I've seen a little bit of everything. Um, I've seen where I, I, thought I was being smart and I thought I'd set up with the sun, you know, to my back and have the Turkey blinded, but they didn't end up coming directly into the sun. They ended up coming 
off to the off to the side of me mm-hmm. and working in so they could see oh, which I should have figured that but so I, every scenario a little bit different but uh, I I try to be on the same surface or above them okay yeah I I will say out of my own experiences I have never been able to call a turkey downhill to me and I I do know guys that are able to do it and have stories of of them doing it, but like you said, I I would say the same. I would say that the birds do not prefer to yeah, come down to I, to a downhill or to a draw. I agree. I I I've killed them and they came came downhill to me, mm-hmm. but it's my odds are a lot better if I can be above them. Um. So now, as far as you're bringing the birds in and you're of a setup, are you? Are you using decoys, or that's not something you do, or is it, uh, you know, any different for each setup? I don't use decoys. Uh, I have. Um, it's been a while. It's been probably several years for myself. Uh, I typically want to just call them in. That's what I enjoy doing. That's the way I enjoy um, hunting them, and uh, nothing against anybody that that does their that uses them but i do take them with my daughters mm-hmm. uh I, I try and the reason for that is is because there's they're so uh inexperienced that they move a little from time to time and i think if i can get the turkey's attention with that decoy it, it takes a little bit off of us mm-hmm. for movement wise and that's really the only reason why I use them with for them, but it it worked out um, on two of the two of the three gobblers my daughters killed last year uh, were on decoys, and I don't know if we would have had the same results hadn't we had them. Hmm. But when I'm hunting solo or with my dad or with my buddies, it's it we don't we don't typically carry any decoys with us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like for a lot of guys that like to move around, you know, the decoys don't really make sense because, um, you know, the running gun style, you just don't really want to have to carry anything with you You and take the gun and your calls and you want to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I just enjoy, I, I enjoy, I'm to the point in my life where that's what I enjoy doing is just calling them in Mm -hmm. and, if I don't kill one because I didn't have a decoy, I'm okay with that. Right. And, right. And, uh, I don't know. That's everybody's different and not knocking, uh, anybody that uses them. It's, it's definitely a, a useful tool. They have their, they have their time. Uh, th- I've also seen where they see that decoy, but they stay out of range just because they, it's not like a catch all where it works every time. It, I think uh, it can help you, but it also can hinder you at times because once they start seeing that decoy, typically um, in the real world, uh, the hen's going to the gobbler, you know, when they're ready. Mm-hmm. So uh, when gobbler's just hanging out, hey, why aren't you coming over to me like normal? Right. I think that that can cause them to hang up at times. So Yeah, yeah I, I... I think that, like you said, um, situationally, that is, uh, you know, whatever scenario you're in, that, that that could help or hinder you. Especially if you did have an old Tom 
or uh, one that maybe a little bit of experience and that, that that decoy is not moving and suddenly he's you know he's picking his head up and you know when they start lifting their head up like that and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and i i've seen it i've mm-hmm. seen it several times mm-hmm. uh yeah, I, they they can they can be a great tool, and they can they, they can hurt you at times. I think too. Yeah. Um. So, what happens after you shoot them, man? Um. What what goes down? I mean, I'm I'm a big kitchen guy. If you're looking for me and you can't find me, that's where I'm at. I'm in the kitchen, and I'm and I'm cooking something. So what uh, what are you doing with your birds? Well, uh, usually, uh, I've been deep frying them. But I, I made this uh, white chili. I've been grinding them, mm. a lot of them, and and making this white chili with them, and it's it's phenomenal. Dang. So anymore, that's that's what I've been doing, especially with the legs and uh, and some of the breasts. I've been grinding them up, and I take it for game feeds or out to camp or oh, we eat it here at the house, and and uh, yeah, that's the. That's my best recipe, I think, Dang. actually. Yeah, that's impressive, man. That's impressive. Um, now, you said a game feed, and I just want to stop you there real quick because I swear to God, I haven't been to a game feed, and as outdoorsy as I am and outdoorsy as my family is. Now, don't get me wrong. Within the family, we eat well, you know, and we'll eat as much as we can get our hands on as far as uh, wildlife and, and, and uh, anything that comes out of water. But I will say that I haven't been to one, and I haven't really even heard of any. Uh, locally in my area, which is wild to me because I remember one that I was at when I was younger and man, they had everything and it was, it was cool, you know? Um, yeah. It, there is uh there is one here locally to me. Uh, the one sportsman's club puts a game nice. feed on it nice. uh, here. And then uh, my buddy has a, a game feed at his house every year nice. that, just to get together with the guys. And mm-hmm. then, we typically try to get some people together and go to camp and, and I'll cook it for them. My, my buddy that's in the Turkey call company. Um, uh, I think he wants to tell me it's a 10 out of 10, but he always says it's two out of 10, but he always eats more just because he doesn't want to give me credit for it being good. So, yeah. Or, you know, it's the flip side of that. You know, he tells everybody it sucks. So there's more for him. Maybe that, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. I'm going to have to ask him. Oh man. But um, as far as killing them, man, what do you normally use? Do you, or, I mean, is it just straight shotgun? You use a bow at all? Do you uh, single shot, maybe a four ten uh, pistol? What's what's the what's the game plan when it comes to that? I'm using a tri, uh, TriStar mm-hmm. twelve gauge. Nice. And I'm using uh, heavy shot Magnum blends, mm-hmm. three and a half inch. Uh, I, it's been a great combination for me. I've been using that gun since. I believe it's been 2010 or 2011 nice. and I just feel so comfortable with it. It's, I don't know what I'm going to do if I, you know, if something would ever happen to it, uh, <laughs> the, the camo is pretty much all worn off of it. Uh-huh. The same, same, uh, buddies that are in a Turkey call company with me, they, they, uh, they pick on me quite a bit because my camo on my gun is like more of a tan color now mm-hmm. yeah and, but uh my daughters are using the 410 uh i have a couple of them but nice. and they're using the tss loads yeah so. yeah that's a hell of a load they're, man it really is they're incredible yeah 
Yeah, it they're they're more than than impressive. Uh, but I mean, also you know you pay for them, but at the same time you do get what you pay for with them. Yeah, uh, I've seen well forty yards. It, it's it's easily. I mean, that's what I pattern them at, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe in making sure that your your gun's shooting where you want it to be, and know what your pattern is, and know what your gun's good to. Because the last thing you want is a injured gobbler. But yeah. uh, all day long, with the setup I have for them, they're they're forty yard guns. Yeah, I think optimal is uh, thirty yards. I would say, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to uh shoot uh 40 yards with one yeah yeah they're they're very impressive man and uh my dad uh he actually just bought one recently a single shot 410 we have a couple i think two other ones um from growing up and uh just a cool load really cool load which really actually kind of seems like it's it's dying other than just the turkey loads um i don't really see uh is it the Stevens 301? Is that what he got? Uh, yeah, I think his isn't... They didn't have that one in stock. And he wanted to buy one that same day. So I'm trying to remember. His actually breaks in half. Like, not like takes yep. apart, but like, yeah, like folds. Yeah, that's. I have one of those okay. uh, in, a, in a Steven Savage. Okay. It's 301. It, I mean, there's probably a couple of different ones. But yeah. that, one's, that one's been uh, really good to my my kids. It's... It's very reliable. Um, that's the one they prefer to use, actually. Yeah, yeah which is which is awesome, man. Um, now I know um, he just bought one. Um, our daughter just turned two here not too long ago, and uh, she he she's already got a gun waiting for her here in the uh, in the gun cabinet, and it's it's a four ten. It's it is it's a Rossi. Um, uh, it's a youth model Rossi, and it's a four ten single shot. I think you can switch the barrel out twenty two. And I don't know if you can do a 20 gauge on it or not. Maybe I know if you if you could, I it, it'd probably pack one hell of a punch, um, you know, as far as small as it is. But yeah, the 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 410 game is really amped up for the turkey guys. Uh, but like I said, I I haven't really I haven't really seen many uh, small game loads or anything with it. But the the TSS shot, I think the popularity is way way up for that. That's what I've been seeing as well. Actually, the the 410 loads, I, I've been trying to locate some. Uh, light loads mm-hmm. just because of small game hunting if yep. they ever want to go i heck yeah i have some but they're pretty difficult to find right now yeah they are man i'm actually blessed and lucky enough to have a close friend that does a whole hell of a lot of reloading so a couple phone calls in and i'm uh i'm ready to oh, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um actually, yeah my buddy actually just today uh he made me some 410 no, turkey loads here with tss he's just starting to to load so i'm anxious to give them a shot i might even shoot tomorrow because here the weather might be decent here yeah same same man i'm excited about tomorrow's weather um but yeah they they uh they are hard to find i'm really glad that you mentioned a small game thing because i i'm telling you you know i know when i was growing up we did a lot of small game hunting and this is something that uh, you know, I kind of miss uh, my family and and us. We did a lot of small game hunting together. It was always a good time to get together. Now we did have a dog at the time, so we run rabbits uh, with a beagle and uh, mm-hmm. do some squirrel hunting stuff like that, and and eat the squirrels and and the rabbits. And we still still do that, just just not as much. But I feel like the small game 
is, uh, you know, kind of a dying thing because a lot of people are drawn to the deer hunting, which I understand. I mean, I have the bug too, and uh, I like to say that I'm, I'm whitetail snobby, if you will. But uh, I, I do miss the small game hunting, and I'm very glad that the Game Commission did come out with the uh, squirrel season coming in early now. Uh, it comes in the first week of September, and I hope that they keep it that way because it was always that way in Ohio, and uh, my dad used to actually take us over the border there into Ohio so that we could hunt squirrel before mm-hmm. the deer season would start. Um, and You're uh, the first you're the first person I've ever heard traveling for squirrel. Hunting <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, we, we, any reason we can get out there to not just kill things, I, you know what I mean? It's, it's not about that. But it's all, it's all about yeah. the hunt. <laughs> we always say, uh, if you ever come to family parties, you'll, you'll see the beer cans go up in the air and it's to the hunt. Everybody's to the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I get that same uh, reaction though mm-hmm. that I just gave you whenever somebody I'm out of state hunting and might see some turkeys in somebody's property and <laughs> go knock on a door and they're like, you're here for a turkey. Right. <laughs> yeah. From where? Right. Exactly. That, you know, they always laugh. I, I talk to a lot of people that travel around and they always say, boy, you know, them PA boys, them deal with damn hillbillies. They'll walk miles and miles and miles through the woods. <laughs> And I said, yeah, yeah, that, that is, that does seem the way that they, they are. I mean, we do have vast, you know, amounts of game lands and we're, we're very, we're very blessed to have what we have here in this state. But, um, that brings me down the road that, uh, is is there anything in Pennsylvania that you would like to see change? Maybe game laws or, um, anything that you can think of that you would want to see change, whether it's, uh, uh, for the, for, for the good or, uh, anything that we already have that you would like to see be taken away? There's a couple things that stick out to me um, for different, a couple different species. I would like, and I've never proposed it. This is just you and I talking. Uh, mm-hmm. I've often thought about the youth season. I, w- I wouldn't mind it now that they have certain Sundays. Give them the whole weekend to yeah. the opportunity for them to go out and mm-hmm. and have a two days at hunting turkey yeah. uh, before everybody else jumps into it. Um, I think that would be a, a pretty cool change for the, the youth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about the new deer uh, season. Uh, I just tradition wise. I yeah. mean, it's great that everybody uh, it's great that a lot of people I understand have weekends off and, might not have been able to get the vacation time whenever it opened up on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do get that, but tradition wise, I miss going to camp and hanging out. It just kind of feels rushed now. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost wish that if they're going to do the Sundays, have it and want to give people that opportunity, uh, to hunt the weekends. Maybe now that they're opening up some Sunday hunting, keep it open. I started on the Monday, like usual, mm-hmm. uh, and run it two straight weeks and to let it go out on the Sunday of the second week. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as far as I just got into trapping this year, uh, I would, I would really like to see with a little bit of decline in the Turkey population. And it seems like the trapping's a, obviously I I think a dying, dying sport, if that's what you want to call it. But yeah, it's uh 
I would like to see it come in earlier. I mean, I, I know other states. We had a rough winter for uh, trapping. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I did great for a first-year trapper, but uh, it, it seemed like I wish they would leave it in a little bit longer or start it a little bit sooner or, or something, make make the season longer because a lot of states that are have the turkey on the decline in population they're bringing their uh trapping in you know for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. so those would be uh, off the top of my head those are a couple things what what do you think yeah i mean this is this is a conversation i really like and this is why i love bringing guys on because I love I love the opinions and I and I know exactly what you mean about the the heritage of the Sunday hunting. Um, what I think it, it would be a good start is this. I, I am all for Sunday hunting. Um, I travel to other states for that reason to be able to hunt whitetails on Sundays. Um, and and I think that the influx that it would bring in, uh, as far as your out of state hunters, number one would go up. And some people like to hear that. Some people don't like to hear that. But the fact of the matter is, it brings a lot of income to the state. Um, sure. you know, it, it really helps everybody out. Now, as far as that buck I've been hunting that gets shot by the dude from Ohio, I mean, it is, it is what it is, you know, like good for him. If he put in the work, even if he didn't put in the work, he was at the right spot at the right time. And you know, just as well as I do that hunting is hunting. Exactly. You know, that it, happens. right. And it's the same thing, maybe fishing, like uh, we were talking on before, uh, you know, I, I like to go fish these spots. I don't really want anybody to know of somebody comes out of state stumbles upon them finds them hey good for them you know no harm no foul i go to ohio and shoot somebody else not want to say they're deer shoot some other deer that they're they're hunting also you know it's it's all up in the air and and really you know the way i look at it is it's 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 almost destiny and almost god's will that's just the way i like to see things but um as far as the sunday hunting getting back to what i was saying what i would like to see because uh, we were talking about the the small game, and that's why I kind of segued into this, is you know, if 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 we're not going to have the big game hunting on Sundays, then I see no reason why we couldn't just have small game hunting. You know, it would really bring back I feel like the 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 act of hunting small game itself. Because I know, like we were saying, most of the people I talk to they don't they don't hunt small game. Now, no. you know, there, there, there are occasions like I know February seems to be a month that I see a lot of guys go out and rabbit hunt, which is great. You know, second season is, is really wonderful. Um, there, there's a lot of rabbits to be killed in second season, but usually it's because, you know, they've got cabin fever, then the deer season's almost wind down, or they already filled their tags. So yep. the second season's great. I don't want to see that disappear in any way, but what I mean is, you know, Hey, you can only hunt squirrels, rabbits, uh, you know, grouse, whatever else they can think of uh, on on Sundays. I have no problem with that. I think that that differentiates our state a little bit, but it also lets people be in the woods and go hunting, you know, because I, I just don't, you know, it's one of them old, old laws that I don't really understand. As far as a Saturday opener, I mean, I, I really don't get excited about whether it's on Monday or or. or a Saturday, but the fact of the matter is, I never had the hunting camp per se, and and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the guys that I talk to, I don't want to say just guys, the people that I talk to, they grew up with the hunting camp, so that is what they want. And I understand, you know, I know what they mean by the heritage, you know, like, oh, you know, they laughed when they were kids about their uncle getting drunk and puking, and that's funny to me too, you know, or uh, you know, just just the stories you hear, and and I do understand what you mean about it's kind of rushed. You know, but on the flip side of it, 
me now and the place that I'm in and me even 10 years ago is like uh, the hunting trips and stuff that I would go on with my friends and still do is like I'm, I'm, I'm like all business. You know, like I'm there. I, I'm there to have fun, but like I'm going to hunt. And if you don't want to hunt with me from dark to dark, like we're probably not going to go together <laughs> or you can be, yeah. or you or or you can be the camp bitch per se. You know what I mean? Like, because that's, that's what I want. But as a whole, you know, I love the youth thing. I love it. You know, I, I think that any advantage that the youth get over, you know, per se, the common population. Absolutely. Like there's nothing better than taking the youth in the woods. And the first time you got 20 does out in front of you, who cares if they're does, you know what I mean? One, even right. one doe, <laughs> one yeah. deer comes out and then and they're just like in awe and it's like they don't even know how to act because i even remember being in that in that position and i remember my first deer and i know just you know i asked you the question as soon as we started the podcast hey tell me about your first turkey bang snap right away you know you, it's it was right on your mind and it doesn't leave your mind you know so i think that what what you have in mind is, is a great idea you know mm-hmm. any advantage that they have to get in the woods and get it done before the common population comes is it, it should be and it should stay true uh i agree yeah it, it's uh it, hunting is a dying sport mm-hmm. um yeah. and I, I don't really like to call it a, i don't know I right sports the right term for it, but... it it's hard it is really hard to put a term to it um i think that the the nomenclature you think of of saying sport is because they that's kind of what's been dwindled in instead. I mean, what are you going to call it? Oh, killing. We like to go out killing. Yeah. I mean, that is essentially what we're doing is going out to kill something, but it's way more than that, you know? And even, even with shooting birds and stuff, you know, I know you probably have your moment. You go up and shoot your bird and you just like, are kind of just taken back by the beauty, the awe, the respect you have for the, for the animal. It's, 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 it's kind of hard to explain except for the people that listen to the show who probably are hunters and, you know, hunting and fishermen and, they get it without us even getting into that that feeling in that moment yes and i i couldn't tell you um how many times that especially when i'm by myself if i am lucky enough to harvest a gobbler i spend a lot of time with a sitting by a tree or or Mm -hmm. just taking it all in and and i don't pick up my i've learned to not pick up my phone and Mm -hmm. and just kind of enjoy that moment and yeah. it's it's ever so true that uh, if I could breathe life back into that turkey, <laughs> eh, I would do it. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the, the way it's <laughs> meant to be. I feel like a lot of the older gentlemen that I work with, and we get into this kind of conversation about talking, uh, the kind of the way you change as you get older and more mature as a hunter Um i like to say oh i'm getting soft my old age i'm only 32 years old i laugh when i say that but you know i think what happens is like you just said you know i'd i'd love to just breathe life back into the bird and i think what happens is you know your your connection just becomes so strong and your respect level becomes so high the more you understand about the prey that you're hunting that you you kind of just want to see them and i know what a lot of people have done is they'll actually put the weapon down and pick the camera up yeah, and I'm I not see. to that point yet. <laughs> right, right. Well, you, you, but, hey, but I could see, I could see it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I could see myself doing that. Uh, I don't want to say anytime soon. I, I, I'm on this. Recently, I, I got into the mission of. I would like to complete the U.S. Slam and kill a, 
nice. uh, gobbler in all 49 states. Um, I'm, I'm still pretty far away from accomplishing that, that goal. But uh, if I never get it, I'm, I'm good with it. But it gives me uh, something to try to achieve. Oh, um, yeah, that's awesome. And, but otherwise, I think, uh, I think I'd be okay for the most part. I'm getting to the point where if I was just filming my daughter's hunting yeah. or buddies hunting or my da- being with my dad and, you know, I, I think I, I would be okay with that, but yeah. not quite to that point yet. Yeah. Well, you know what? You have a lot, uh, you have a lot of training to do, man. You can't, you can't hang it up yet. You know, you're raising three killers. You're, you're, you're teaching the next generation how to get it done. So yeah, there's no time for that. Keep the weapon in your hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for now. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I always have that fire to, I to go out there and hunt them, and, mm-hmm. and maybe I will. I don't know. Never know how you're gonna. But I, I like you said, I'm evolving. The older I get, yeah. Uh, the more time, the more I realize how uh, how how uh, special the moment is. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I I spend a lot of time with a a turkey by a tree, and I'll just have it laying beside me and. Mm-hmm. recapping the hunt and how thankful and how fortunate I am mm-hmm. to be able to be out there doing it. Cause yeah. I have, I'm lucky enough to have a, a wife that's, uh, I guess you could say she's understanding of it, I guess. <laughs> she's, I don't want to say good with it, but uh-huh. she tolerates it. Yeah. And, uh, I have uh, a family that's understanding and friends that, uh, you know, I have so many memories, uh, with, uh, over the years doing it so yeah it's yeah fantastic. and that's what i love to promote about the outdoors man like i know you know a lot of sports teams and uh i'm just trying to think of other things that you do together that will bring you that kind of camaraderie and and i've done it you know i've played the sports and been on the teams and uh you know worked with guys and and all that stuff but i just don't think that I've done anything in my life to where it compares to being outdoors and especially hunting and, and being able to be successful, not maybe not even be successful, but just to be in that moment, uh, especially mm-hmm. after a kill, you know, like, cause I know like we do a couple deer drives and stuff and it's like, even when they're not deer driving, it's like when you're hunting as a group, if so-and-so shoots a deer or a turkey or uh, what, what have you, whatever you're hunting, it's like, they didn't do it alone. And it kind of feels like, you know, we did that, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, a team thing. And I I think that it's like derived from the, our ancestors, I swear. You know, you think of like the caveman, like all hunting together and stuff. But <laughs> um, we're, we're far beyond cavemen now. But I, I think that that's just where the connection uh, comes from. And I, I really, that's why I promote that. You know, I really hope that, we're able to get more people into hunting and fishing as a whole and have them experience that. Because I think what happens is as soon as it happens and they, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's when the bug bit me or, or, you know, that's when I got it, you know, I needed more. I think as soon as it happens and someone's able to take them and show them this life that we live, they're like, why would I do anything else? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so addictive and, it's, it's really yeah. simple. You know, some people make it out to be hard. Like you were talking about the gun you use and you might hunt with some guys who are like, well, you got to have this triple barrel action, 10,000 million, you know, 
uh, six shooter gun that, you know, costs $10,000 or whatever. And like, it's just not that, you know, you don't need all that fancy stuff and you don't need uh, the fancy clothing and all the other stuff. Like lots of guys go out there and just get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I so, um, I want to segue, uh, into your business, brother. Uh, how, mm. how, how did you get a uh, honey hole game call started and, um, what's, what's in the future, man? We want to, we want to hear about it. I want you to promote your brand. Well, we started because, uh, two of my buddies, Tyler and, uh, Tony, we had been traveling around to different States, Turkey hunting. Uh, I've been traveling to I started with them when I started traveling and, uh, we, I think it was me pushing it. I, I wanted to, you know, pass the time with doing something Turkey related and I, we had been making our own calls and I just thought, you know what, it'd be really cool. I enjoy talking about Turkey hunting. Uh, I enjoy talking about Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, get some calls out there, hear people's stories, their success stories, seeing, pictures and um and and make a good product that it helps other people i can't be there for every every kill or every hunt right but maybe a, maybe a part of me can you know something that i i made uh and then get to hear the story about it and how hopefully it helps somebody achieve a, a successful hunt and whatever you deem a, a successful hunt uh and that's that's pretty much how we got started as far as end goal i don't know i'm not the best to, i i told you this right before uh, uh we aired here uh, i'm not the best with promoting uh not the best with social media mm-hmm. I, I i i appreciate it more word of mouth yeah. uh and, and that that means more to me uh than anything is when somebody says hey i heard you have a good call i want to try one and then they like it and they pass that word on heck yeah uh, it, it, it means a lot to me i i don't want to jam it down somebody's throat on instagram or facebook but i mean we have it and i try to post stuff just to put the thought into you know people's minds every now and again or i enjoy it more showing pictures of my kids uh gobblers or just stuff that we're doing uh as far as the end end game i i don't know i I, I hope that more and more people start using the, the calls, but uh, if they don't, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, more of a hobby. And if I make an extra buck to help me with my, <laughs> one of my hunts that I, one of my couple hunts that I take uh, a year, then so be it. But I haven't made a penny yet. We've, we've been dumping everything we've made. We've, put right back into it trying to just make ourselves better and mm-hmm. and, and uh try to reach out to people a little bit and, and make more calls and see where it takes us i don't know i i really don't we've only been doing it since 2019 as a as a company now mm-hmm. tony's been making calls for oh he's the one that actually showed me how to make calls uh, he's he's been making them for probably 20 25 years i've nice. i've been making them for Oh, I don't know, 10 years. So I, I have a lot of time and effort into the calls we have now. I can tell you that because before it was no pressure. I'm just making it for myself. Right, or right. Buddy here and there. But uh, yeah, now I have a lot of time and a lot of time invested because 
I want people to, I want the best sounding calls, the easiest calls to use. Uh, and we even uh, started making uh, 30, I call them youth, youth calls, but they can be used by people with smaller palates. So hmm. it seemed like a lot of, a lot of people say the some of the calls on the market, which are typically are the standard size call, uh, are still too big for them. So we invested some money into that and they're, they're pretty popular. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I, I can't say that, that I've ever seen that before or even know of that, but I, I also don't have a whole plethora of Turkey calls and stuff like that, but um, we'll have to solve that problem. I was going to say, um, yes, <laughs> yes, we we can definitely discuss that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can tell you that I do know how to use them. Uh, I might not win a turkey t- calling contest, but I like to play around. So, um, oh, That's all right. Yeah. There's all, believe me, I can't win a turkey calling contest. <laughs> I have about a, I have a call in <laughs> more often than my wife would want me to let's say don't say that yeah well hey you know you know what the next thing you'll have to do though is you're gonna have to start raising turkeys and then that's how you're gonna learn (laughs) well you you joke about it but i have a pen in the backyard i have had i did raise turkey there you go yep so yeah i two years ago i this is kind of a funny story (laughs) Uh, my my wife didn't uh didn't really want the turkey obviously right and this is probably the third batch that I have had throughout the 10 years or so that I had the pen and I went away for a training for work and I, I asked her to uh, feed the turkey and stuff for me. And she, she jokingly said, no, no, I'm not taking care of your turkey. So I paid the, uh, paid my daughters. I said, make sure, of course <laughs> they, they jumped on it. They didn't mind. Right. But uh, they went up there like, now keep in mind, I've had these turkey for quite some time. Um, just so happened that some predator dug underneath my pen and got in there and killed them all, and it was like a, it, it was a, <laughs> a gruesome sight for a couple young girls to see. Oh, so, man. Uh, go figure. It's the, you know, couple of days that I'm gone during this training, but I don't think my wife was too disappointed that that happened. But <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, but hey, you know, even now, like you said, you know, you're doing your part on on the predator control, so. Trying, yeah, I, and you know, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I YouTube's such a uh, asset to people; it's at people's fingertips to just learn how to do stuff, and that's a lot of how I did. I mean, I asked a couple buddies um, how they, you know, for for some details of how they trap, but yeah, I. Uh, I got really, really, I caught a coyote. I caught, you know, a handful of fox, uh, a bunch of raccoons and skunks. And um, I ended up also catching a fisher uh, during the two week season. So I had a a pretty good season, I think, for somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing. Oh, man, I want a fisher so bad. Um, It's just one of them things, like for whatever reason, I have no idea. I just, I really want to get one mounted. And I want to have like that, um, like the translucent like water that they do, and then like you can kind of see below the water and have like some freeze dried minnows or something, and have them like on a limb, like hanging down, like he was going to catch the minnows. I just have this envision. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I I did just take uh, mine to the taxidermist, but uh, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have quite that uh, layout, but uh, I, got I like it. 
yeah. like it. Yeah, I got Maybe a lot. I got a lot of mounts. I was raised, um, you know. Luckily, uh, my taxidermist. I, I'm sure that by now, my dad has put their kids through school and all that because <laughs> we were really spoiled growing up with our mounts and stuff. You know, hey, catch a big twenty some inch trout. It's going on a wall. You know, you want to. I remember uh, we had fox squirrel mounted, um, uh, snowshoe hares, uh, be, you know, bears, turkeys, coyotes um raccoons i mean yeah if you can think of it man we it's on my dad's wall <laughs> got a mountain, oh yeah my mom has, probably been cheaper to put you guys through a taxidermist school you there, know man. what honest to god i was gonna do that and head down that road and i'm telling you like it probably would have been cheaper man really i'm telling you my dad's house <laughs> it's is not a... cheap anymore <laughs> no, no. not that it ever really was cheap but yeah it's like anything price is going up with with everything Heck yeah man well you pay for hey, good work it's... too yeah, that's great. That's it's memories that you know are more valuable than the money. Yeah. Well, it's always funny because you know, like I always say, you know, them deer heads, you, they mean everything to me. But the day that I pass away, you know, unless my kids want them or you know my wife wants to keep them for a keepsake, like they don't mean nothing really to anybody else. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. So unless unless that personal, you know, was there with you or experienced it or you know, true. That, That'd be something different. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, maybe you know, maybe kids or or uh, you know, something along them lines. Like you know, m- maybe my dad's deer heads or something. Like I can tell you, they're not going anywhere. They'll they'll definitely be with with me or my brother. Um, but I just want to uh, kind of wrap it up with here, brother. Um, how about um, let's do. Do you like? I know you. You're such a big turkey guy. Do you do, um, like any any hunting outside of turkey season? I know. I know you do a little bit of um of deer hunting and such. But is there anything else that you look forward to outside of turkey hunting as far as uh, hunting and especially if it's Pennsylvania related? Yeah, I I archery hunt. I'm pretty pretty big into archery hunting, especially when it comes to the rut. Um, mm-hmm. I try to. I try to stay home as much as possible, but I always tell uh, Molly, my wife, that uh, once once Halloween gets here, uh, you probably won't see much of me until <laughs> archery's out. But uh, I'm telling you, I can see myself already hooked on this trap, and uh, it, it's uh, nice. It's an art that uh, I think I would like to get better at, and uh, it, I really, I really enjoyed it, and it, it was something that I could take my daughters they they loved going to check traps with me that's they awesome thoroughly enjoyed it yeah and uh those are the two main things i hunt uh or as turkey and deer and now this trapping but in in second season uh i go with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and we we hunt rabbits mm-hmm. and usually this was the first year I actually didn't get to hunt because my daughter was playing basketball on Saturdays and just didn't work out with my schedule. So, mm-hmm. but I've always had a blast hunting rabbits. And yeah. when I was younger, I hunted everything. I mean, if groundhogs and crows and and you name it, I did it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of. I have to pick and choose now. Mm-hmm. I don't live that life anymore where yeah. I can just 
you know, priorities. So, uh, my priority as far as hunting goes is, it's Turkey season. And then I would say archery season, but entrapping's now going to be thrown in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, well, I, for me, yeah, the, the the first thing that comes to mind is the archery season is always going to be number one. That's, I mean, I got it. I got deer inked on my body and everything like it ain't going nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. I don't think that anything can give me what that, you know, gives me as far as things that I can do. And I just enjoy the whole process. I love killing them. I love the process of getting them out of the woods. I mean, it's as hard as it is most of the time. I just, just love every aspect of it, getting them to where I need to get them, butchering them all myself and my, with my family and stuff, and then making as fantastic meals as I can with them and just enjoying the whole process of everything. And then um, second most would definitely, you know, the, the native fishing, the wild trout fishing. Like, I, I'm just totally head over heels for it. I just, I love it. It, it, it eases my mind. And it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, it's a kind of, I don't want to say a bittersweet thing when it ends because another season starts. But at the same time, I do try to take some downtime, you know, because uh, like you were saying, you know, with the family and stuff, it's like, okay, I got to step back from this just for a little while and, and make sure that I'm fully present, you know, while, while I'm here and, uh, you know, I'm able to take everything in the way that I want to. Cause I, I really feel like as, as outdoorsmen, like, you know, you were saying uh, you used to hunt everything and, and really I didn't hunt everything, but I, I did hunt probably as much as I could probably hunt. And it is a change, you know, whenever there's a family involved and, I'm still not used to it. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. You know, it's, it gets hard, but you know, when you're able to take them, I know whenever I'm able to do that, cause right now it's just like, um, maybe take my godson or, uh, some of my younger cousins or something like that. And I really thoroughly enjoy it. And I can't only imagine what it's going to be like to be able to take my own kids. Um, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So that's, that's the agenda, man. That's what I'm super excited for. But at the same time, I love when people reach out to me and they're like, Hey man, um, you help me out. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I can always find time to help somebody out, especially when they want to learn something about the outdoors. So, um. yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all of that. It's, it, it's such a joy to, to see a kid or someone you love to, you know, successful with whatever they do. And if it's hunting or, or, or whatever, and you don't want to miss those those moments. And just like I said, uh, I enjoyed watching my daughter play basketball on Sundays. Yep. I mean, I, yep. I, I'd rather do that than, than go hunting rabbits. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, it time's precious. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing more <laughs> precious than it. That's for sure. Um, but I kind of want to end our conversation here, brother, but before, before I let you go here, I would like for you to, promote your calls, let everybody know where they can find you at and uh, okay. how they can get a hold of you. So we have a website. It's uh, honeyholegamecalls.com. And then you can also find us on Instagram, which is honeyholegamecalls. I think I just did it now where there's no spacing in between honeyhole and game calls or mm-hmm. anything. So, uh, And also on Facebook, same thing. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, and a website. Um if we have an email also, it's honeyholecalls at gmail.com. You can contact us on any of those uh, 
platforms and usually I'm pretty good about checking, checking them a couple times a day. So if, uh, if anybody's interested or has any questions, feel free to reach out to us. All right, brother. Well, I greatly appreciate you being on the show, Andrew. It was a great conversation, uh, just as I thought it would be. Um, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can hear back from you here after the turkey season. Uh, I'd love to check in and just see how it went. And from the sounds of it, I mean, there, there's going to be some death is what it sounds like. Um, these thunder chickens <laughs> well, better watch out. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be exciting. I, I'm going to be hunting here in a month, and i got quite a few uh, states planned out. So hopefully, hopefully everything goes as planned, but regardless i'm just excited to get out there and start hunting again i fully understand the cabin fever adds up and it doesn't take long and um i know you got places to be and uh, i bless you on your journeys man you know be safe have fun glad to hear you're out doing it and uh until next time we'll uh we'll catch up with you thanks for having me you take care you too that wraps it up for another episode of the keystone chronicles podcast guys i really hope that you're enjoying all these episodes i'm bringing you and i hope that you're getting value in some form or some way because i'm trying the best i can to bring that to you please don't be afraid to reach out and feel free to tell me whether you like the show or you love the show if you hate it well that's too damn bad and if you love it i'm going to bring as much content as i can to you finding the best guests i can in Pennsylvania and the surrounding areas. So until next week, like, subscribe, and comment on whatever platform you're listening to. Thank you so much. See you soon.